0: Sporting Goss with Tim Gossage. Like Hello everyone, welcome to the show. It's 16 degrees. I see blue sky. Pinch me. 3 past 10. Big show coming up over the next 2 hours. Cocaine. Did I hear that right? <laughs> An equestrian Australian equestrian rider has been banished from the Olympics, which has started. Australia has played softball this morning yeah. and got pumped start <laughs> um <laughs> chris Clafounis is here cocaine chris
1: cocaine
0: i thought she was going to say you know it's been sent out of the village because testing positive to covid and she went cocaine <laughs> what is going on
1: with oh, the world wild. wild why would you need cocaine it's 2021 isn't that an 80s drug as well
0: come on but if an equestrian <laughs> what are they doing what are you doing? You're at the Olympics. Oh, no. <laughs> I know. Seriously. Well, I don't know whether they just positive over there. I don't know any more details. We've got to find oh, those. Good point. Hey, we it could have been, you know. Uh, A little while ago. What, when they were riding the horse down North Beach <laughs> the main street. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Hey, Chris, welcome. Thank you. Welcome so what, to you as well. No, no, thank you. <laughs> thank you for welcoming to my own show. Hey, big show. And look, yeah, last huge. night- Twitter, as you know, I'm now into day 17 of a self, of self-exile, mm-hmm. but I'm allowed to read it, but I'm not allowed to tweet it. Okay. So I've got no hold on any Twitter handles, yes. right? And that's fact. So for those who say they don't listen who are listening, and you know who you are. Good morning. <laughs> you know exactly who you are, and don't worry, your day will come. Can I just say that Matthew Pavlich had a fair bit to say. We're going to play this a little bit later. Just stay with us. A little bit later in the show, a little bit uh, in the next uh, five minutes, so stay with us. What he said on Gillian Goss in regards to the Medi sub, Luke Shuey, and concussion. Mm. Now, the pile on last night was next level. It was insane. Next level. And uh, people, believe it or not, I'm going to use the two words mm-hmm. retraction. Retraction. I wanted a retraction. Doesn't make it. Yeah, it's.
2: And, oh, boy. Oh, no. <laughs> Indeed.
0: And an apology. <laughs> For what? <laughs> For what? I don't get it. Oh, it makes no sense. And, and I'm, look, I wouldn't be so uh, boring to go through people's threads of outlandish statements that people have made, mm-hmm. and, yeah. hey, you look at it one in the mirror, you make statements. You know what? Because that's your job. That's what you're paid to do. Now, you can have... Absolutely. I know. You can make <laughs> comments on social media, all you like. Mm. But you say it because that's your opinion. Now, Matthew Palich was paid to be in this studio and made had an opinion on whether Luke Shuey was injured or not. And he basically said, well, judging by what I saw and what Adam Simpson said, I think he might be able to train and play this week. Now, that might have been overcooked. But forget about the semantics of it all. Go to the big picture, what the, what the issue was about. Push the Luke Shuey thing aside because <laughs> he was not really talking about Luke Shuey, no, was he? no. So that's he was he was giving that as an example that was fresh in his mind. He used that as the spike to talk about not just West Coast but every club. and he did say, and he has said it today, and I'm going to read out his Twitter thread this morning, mm. and that's very unpavlo because you know what Pava said to me, Set and forget when it comes to Twitter. Don't engage too much if it starts to get a little bit heavy and it got and it got really ordinary last
1: night also. Almost 48 hours after he made the comments as well. What are these people in
0: wow Well, waiting. They, they sat there. Waiting for the injury report to come out. Yeah. Oh, look, sure, he's yeah. gone. And okay. they then they're probably, why didn't Pav do the same? Because he's not in the studio on a Monday morning. Retraction and apology they're calling for. That's insane. A retraction. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a
1: moronic comment. It, yeah. Well, you said I that. said it, and I'll stand by those comments you as said well. Because that. yeah,
0: yeah, that's yeah. crazy. All right. It's, so you said that. I'm really fired up about <laughs> I this. I know you are. I know you are. But the best part about it for me is I can read Twitter now, but I don't actually have to. See, I don't I don't, don't have engage. The, I don't engage. I don't have the powers to. Yeah. Now, I haven't had a lot of people say they're going to start up, where's Gossy? as in where's Wally? Sure. <laughs> where's Gossy? <laughs> where's he gone? Where's he gone off Twitter? I am on Twitter, but I'm not posting because it's not good for my mental health. That's, yeah, well, I think that can be said of uh, a lot of people, mm. not just yourself.
1: It's, a, yeah. it's damaging to a lot of people. Yeah. Especially what I've seen, as you say, over the last 24 hours, oh, 12 yeah. hours.
0: So, and, and may I just say to a few people out there, and you know who you are, get a life. Yeah, please. Go out and do something with your time. So much more.
1: Absolutely. To do. Don't Live
0: just life. sit there and pot people. It's easy to do it, you know. And if you don't listen, then don't listen. But we know you're listening. Hello again. <laughs> <laughs> and would you say it to Pav's face? Ah, uh, no, wouldn't have thought well, so. Well, thirteen twelve fifty five. I have put the challenge out there to anyone who wishes to call Pav Monday thirteen twelve fifty five. Yeah, call him direct. Yeah, get and involved. To be honest, if you really want to, we might even run these past Pav. We might have a studio audience Oh where they can come into the studio <laughs> and sit on the two spare mics. Yeah, because Gilly's not here next week. And look week. the grey man in the eye. And look him in the eye, and have your say to him. That's a big call. Anyway, that's enough about that. Australia has won the one day by 133 runs. Nine for 252. West Indies all out for 123. Looking close there for a minute, wasn't it, Shaky? (laughs) What about you? Oh, do you think they're going to win this? Mitchell Stark, five for 48. Hazelwood, three for 11. Adam Zampa, one for 39. Mitchell Marsh, one for seven. Well played. Mitchell Stark, who we had on the show, and Gillian Goss on Monday. Beautiful bowling from yes. Mitchell Stark. Some cracking deliveries. All righty then. Wickets. And just repeating the news, Australia started their Olympic campaign with an 8-1 loss in the soft ball. Georgie Parker will talk about favourite sporting events a little bit later. Yeah. What do you got for us?
1: Well, on the back of that with the cricket, Jason Gillespie, speaking of beautiful deliveries and, and, and great wicket taking, the great man, former Australian fast bowler, coach of South Australia as well, of course. He will join the show, mm-hmm. chat about where's Agar, Alex yep. Carey. Yep. And uh, the Aussie win over there uh, against the Windies. Aaron Black, Waffle on a Wednesday. Hamish Brayshaw, Georgie Parker, as you mentioned. Tony Sage. <laughs> we had a uh, good shout about Tony yesterday, didn't we? Yeah, it was we? good.
0: Hey, you should have got a bit harder. You were, you backed it up as though, you know, was it real? Was it a real exchange? And you were very, very, you tread too carefully, mate. You've got you've to go all in. You know, I don't want you to come into the studio and f- and f- and feel like you can't have your strong opinions. No, just call people's <laughs> people commenting on Twitter morons or something like that.
1: <laughs> Which I do stand by it. Um Well, Tony will confirm or deny whether mm. that um, post was real. Yesterday. Yeah, he will. I'm looking forward to it. Me too. Really looking forward to I don't it. Because Tony think... doesn't back down. No, Speaking of don't not sitting on back the fence. Down. Because I
0: man. won't back down. Very good. Who hey, speaking that? of Who cocaine,
1: that? that's Tom Petty. Thank you. JJ Cale or Eric Clapton's
0: version of cocaine? Oh, just go with it. It's, it's, a, it's a it's a horrific headline to wake up to. I did that, thought Alex Riddell was going to say has tested positive <laughs> to COVID, yeah. and she said the Australian equestrian guy tested positive to cocaine. Nose can't oh, boy. The Olympics. <laughs> oh, I boy, know. indeed. I know, BT. I yeah. know. Hey, look. Good show so far. We might leave it there. Thanks for listening to our show. <laughs> ten past ten. Matthew Pavlich said this on Gillian Goss from this very studio on
3: Monday. Can I raise something with you this morning about the Sub and Luke Shuey going off yesterday? I mean, the coaches said he's not that sore. We, we, it was precautionary. Well, why do we have the Sub? Yeah, great what, call. What,
0: it was always going to be exposed, wasn't it? It but, should but, have only been for concussion.
3: But that. but Absolutely. we knew this was going to happen. Why why do we use the medisub rule when someone like Luke Shuey will probably play next week? It was precautionary. He hasn't done his calf. He's walking around. He's going to probably train this week and probably play this weekend back here at Optus Stadium. Why do we have it? I don't understand. So, I get the concussion. Like we all we, we want to protect the head. We understand that that's sacrosanct, and we want to make sure that people play the game. And if they are significantly injured, concussed, then you know. There's a, there's an opportunity for um, a, a, a coach and a player to come back on. But the Medisub, they, they are just manipulating this rule, and it was always going to be the case, and, I, and I, I don't like it.
0: Welcome back to Sporting Goss. We're talking soccer, football, world game, with the owner of the Perth Glory, Tony Sage, who's been kind enough to join us on SENWA. You're making headlines, Sagey. Good morning.
4: Hey, good morning, Goss. Yeah, look, uh, innocent comment seems to have... Uh, uh, got out of hand. Uh, Popper and I are fired, but uh, uh, the rest of the world doesn't seem to think so.
0: <laughs> have you touched base with him? Now, we're talking about well, the article in this paper today is basically has got a thread of your conversation, a private conversation, I would have thought, with a fan, and you you would know who the fan was. You'd probably be pretty disappointed with them for making it public, saying that, you said that uh, some of the players hated him, as in Tony Popovich. Um, he also talked about, um, surprised, um, he did not go to Popovich in regards to Chris Economides. He said that most of the players hated Popper. Um, can you confirm or deny the conversation initially took place and, and the context in which it was um, had, uh, Sagey?
4: Well, I 100% deny that the context that he's, uh, the thread that he's put out um, was in order. Uh, number one, we were talking generally about um, uh, players uh, leaving and why they leave, and, and the comment came up is, I know from 14 years being an owner, virtually all the players that uh, have come to, at one point hated their coach. Mm-hmm. And that goes back to uh, Ian Ferguson that I've had, uh, Kenny Lowe, Alistair Edwards, because they played them, Instead of other uh, players, so yeah. they were disgruntled, if you like, and that was the conversation we were having. And he's taken comments out of that. One of the comments, Oh, well, even Popper, because he won a title," I said, "Even Popper," and you so so you saw the th- part of the thread. So, yeah, you can take it out of context, but uh, in context is players do not like their managers if they don't get played. Yeah. And that was the point I was trying to make. And, um, you know, so, so, yeah, I did say it, and uh, but it, it was taken out of context.
0: Okay, so before we move on to a couple of other issues, I want to say, what is you talked about you open, in your opening comments here, Tony Sage, our guest, the owner of the Perth Club, you said that you and Popper are fine. One, were you fine? Two, was he your first choice to replace Kenny Lowe? And three, have you touched base with him after these headlines have come come to uh, come to light?
4: Yes, I have touched base with him. Go to the last one first. Uh, we're fine, uh, absolutely fine. He understands how people get things the wrong way, especially a disgruntled fan as well. I mean, uh, the fan obviously loves uh, uh, Chris Economides and he was upset he was gone. Um, so uh, so that was uh, the point. Um Yes, Popper was uh, first choice. I mean, Jacob Burns and I interviewed him in Sydney two months um, prior to his appointment, and uh, it took a long time because there were other candidates in the mix. Uh, and uh, what was the first one? Um, uh, the the
0: yeah the, the the bottom line is that um, yeah, you you're, you've spoken to him. Your relationship yeah. with yeah. with Popper, but it just said I'm just reading the article this morning by Nick Taylor. It says. Popovich was not Sage's choice to succeed Kenny Lowe. You preferred Robbie Fowler but were persuaded to opt for Popovich at then by Peter Philopoulos and Jake Burns. Correct or not?
4: No, that's incorrect. Uh, uh, Robbie uh, and I go back a long way. As you know, he played here. We Mm -hmm. became very close friends. Uh, So, yeah, he was in the mix. Uh, Didn't have to be persuaded uh, at all. I mean, uh, uh, you do your due diligence, though. So I rang up... uh, um, Paul Lederer, the owner of uh, Western Sydney, when he left there, and uh, I just wanted to know the details of his sudden departure. That was the only thing that uh, concerned me, if a, another offer came from Europe, he might, uh, he might go immediately. So that was my only concern. So yeah, I did relay those concerns to Peter Philopoulos uh, and to uh, Jacob Burns, but uh, once uh, I had spoken to Paul Ledra um, uh, about his coaching ability, etc. he said, Tony, even if you get two years out of him, you're doing fantastic for your club. And that was enough for me to uh, make my decision.
0: Well, and won the Premier's plate under his reign, which is obviously yeah. justifies that performance. Uh, just a couple of things on Tony. This is not so much about Tony Popovich, but as the owner and a man who has basically kept the club afloat and you've done so much for the world game in Australia and the like, can I just... I'm going to put it to you. Were you miffed and surprised that Tony Popovich's boys played in the first team? And did you think, or at any stage, did you question their selection?
4: No, I never did question their selection. I leave uh, all the football, despite all the rumours and everything, I leave the football department to the football department Um I had this same situation as you quite remember (laughs) two coaches previously with Alistair Edwards. Um, That was brought to a head by uh, the then captain, Jacob Burns, and we all know what happened there. Um, But, uh, no, I don't um, get involved. My personal opinion uh, is, uh, and I'll state it, that I didn't think it was a good idea uh, to to do that, but um, I don't interfere. So once I appoint a manager, he gets who he wants. I give him a budget, though. Uh, and he gets who, who he wants, and I was surprised uh, given the um, uh, previous history with Alistair Edwards that he did uh, bring to the club his two sons. I was surprised, but um, I had trust in him, and he won us a Premier's plate in his first season. And really, we were only uh, one goal off being in the um, grand final. Again, we beat Wellington one nil to get to the semi final, and we we got beaten, so we could have been in the grand uh, in the grand final two years running.
0: Yeah, and I think we even go further back than Alistair Edwards. We can go back to Steve McMahon. He had the same issue too, didn't he? Didn't his boy play?
4: Yeah, he did. I, I wasn't owner at the time, mm. but uh, yeah, he had the same issue. Yes, it's always a bit of an issue. So, yeah, I think that's it's it, very think, difficult for the manager.
0: Hundred percent, It is. It's an issue at, at, in all sports at all levels. To be brilliant really honest with you, if your if your your boy or your girl is good enough to play or is at uh, the, you know, and you're the coach of it, it's a really difficult decision to make. So, do you, will you stop um, your passion? your private passion and your um, your conversations with people on social media and the like, which is what you've done here, because judging by what you're telling me, you've been stitched up by this fan who you were having a private conversation with. Have you contacted that fan, so to speak, and will you refrain from such conversations going forward?
4: Yeah, I have contacted that fan. He's very um, uh, remorseful, but um, he forwarded it to someone else who jumbled the um, – uh, the The thread, if you yeah, like a yeah. lot uh, around so yeah but uh yeah, so yeah. look, you know me Goss, over this many years i'm I'm pretty open, mm-hmm. I say what I feel. Um, so will I do that? Look, I'll be more circumspect who (laughs) I have private conversations with on social media, but, you know, you've got to... I'm a passionate guy. You've got to say what you feel, and uh, it's true. I mean, players do not like coaches at certain points in the time. They might hate them at one point and love them the next when they get picked, you know? I mean, it happens in all sports, in every team sport not a oh, 100% of the players uh like the manager and that's why so many coaches get sacked over the years but you know and and, and it's true for the best coaches in the world so you you know Ferguson I mean the the the, the fights that Beckham had with Ferguson it goes right at the top level uh uh, of sport and that's why some coaches get uh tipped out because players do revolt so yeah it's it's a it's a i can't understand why it's caused any controversy given uh that it's happened so often in sport
0: yeah 1.2 million dollars for chris economy uh, obviously he was looking for a, a better offer he was looked like he was out the door to western sydney he's ended up at melbourne victory which you also revealed in that conversation could you not afford 1.2 million dollars for chris Economides, sagey
4: Uh, Look, I gave a budget to the football department. Uh, They offered him a very, very good sum, especially since we nursed him for 18 months of a a knee injury. And now I think I said that out there too, so that might come out, so I'll be open. Uh, I thought there would be a little bit more loyalty given uh, that, uh, you know, we did nurse him through. Uh, We let him go to the Socceroos camp early, which we didn't have to as a club. We could have kept him for those two games, which we drew... And lost uh, we would have really need him to make it into the finals this year, so I thought showing all that loyalty, uh he may have stayed but look chris is a is a great young man I mean, uh, I get on really well with chris on a personal level um, but uh yeah you, we just can 't match that sort of uh, money for uh someone that's just come out of a knee injury as well, um, and he could break down uh again so yeah, it's a, it's a lot of money for one player given the budget that we're setting for this financial year.
0: Have you spoken to Chris Economides or had any conversation with him in regards to the loyalty factor?
4: No, no, that's up to the um, football director. I don't talk to players in that regard uh, ever about uh, uh, um, contracts. I mean, that's just not my job. And that's I, I leave that up to Terry McFlynn, our football director, and uh, Richie Garcia, so... And, of course, the CEO gets involved uh, at the last minute to tidy up the contracts. But, no, I never never did. Um, look, like I said, I get on really well with Chris. I wish him well for the future. Uh, he's going to be a great socceroo as well, so we'll be barracking for him when he plays for Australia. Um, but, uh, yeah, we just couldn't afford him.
0: Who is the young winger, striker, who's really fast and only 21? Would you like to share that with the uh, audience this morning?
4: Uh, well, <laughs> he's on trial here at the moment. Okay. So what, we'll, we'll know by Monday if uh, Richie and uh, Terry sign him up. But Where's he uh, come yeah, from, Sagey? Pitched- Where's he come from? Uh he was in Adelaide last year and he stitched us up in one game. And uh, I think the fans will remember it when we sign him. All
0: right. And we'll look forward to seeing that unfold in the next couple of days or two. Are you happy with your squad? I know you're probably publicly going to say it and, you know, you're talking about your football department and you don't buy in. You give them a budget and they spend it and hopefully they get what you need. Is there some concern about your squad at the moment or are you you're happy with the build?
4: No, no, happy with the build. Um, we, we do things uh, quite methodically. A uh, lot of GD. so this yep. um, player that's over from Adelaide now, lucky. Uh, otherwise, uh, yeah. uh, he, he just beat the, the lockdown. Um, so, yeah, so he's here for a week on trial, and hopefully um, the the uh, coaches like him, and uh, we can sign him up. But, uh, you know, we've always signed Castro in August uh, every year, so uh, we haven't talked to him yet. He's on holidays uh in Cairns, I think he is at the moment. He doesn't get back till about the second week of August, as usual, uh, with him. So, hopefully, um, that's a, a, a re sign, quite an easy re sign. Um, yeah, so look, I, I think we've got a couple of West Australia. We've got a really beauty, as you know, in Brandon O'Neill. Yep. Um, so, uh, he'll be a fantastic midfield general uh, to take over from Kilkenny. Um, and um, who else? Anne Kisby, a very, very good uh, left back. So yeah, bringing back West Australians, uh, we're going to give a lot of the youth team, we've, we're doing extremely well in the youth team this year uh, in the MPL competition, so we'll give uh, a couple of those kids a chance as well. So look, we'll have a good strong squad uh, by the middle of August.
0: Good stuff. Mate, appreciate your time, always appreciate our chats, you're very candid, you're very honest and uh, you are a team owner, you've been uh, so much so supportive of this code in WA and Australia as well mate, it should not go unnoticed and... Um, from one who loves social media, I'm on a 16-day hiatus from Twitter, mate, and it's the best thing that ever happened.
4: <laughs> no worries, Gossel. And I think I just friended you on Facebook, so oh, you nice. might see my name there. So Just add me.
0: Oh, mate, oh, <laughs> mate, I would never knock you back. Good on you, Sage. You appreciate the chat. No worries, buddy. Good on you, yeah. mate. There's Tony Sage Bye. from the Perth Glory, the owner, putting setting the record straight on the Sporting Goss. Yes! Yeah! Very
5: easily done this has been a capitulation by the West Indian top order many ways too easy says Australia
0: 133 runs was the victory for Australia, of course. Nine for 252, and the West Indies were bowled out for 123. We appreciate Jason Gillespie, coach of South Australia, and the Adelaide Strikers in the big bash for being patient and waiting for us as we went to the news. Uh, very impressive, uh, Dizzy, wasn't it? And Alex Carey, a wonderful way to start your uh, one-day captaincy.
6: Yeah, morning, Tim. Thanks for having me. Uh, look, absolutely. Uh, Alex Carey, you know, fantastic creator and um, great opportunity for him to captain Australia in, in Aaron Finch's uh, enforced absence. Uh, thought he handled it quite well and led from the front with the bat. Um, and yeah, thought he, he handled things well out in the field there uh, managing his bowls.
0: Yeah, 67 with the bat, five fours, a couple of sixes. Ashton Turner got amongst the runs as well. A couple of boys at the top order, the the newbies in Philippi and McDermott, Mitch Marsh made 20 as well. But it was with the ball, and Mitchell Stark was a guest with Gillian Goss uh, here on Monday. Um, what about that? Five wickets. He really is one of the great white ball bowlers in the world, if not the, the greatest.
6: Yeah, he certainly is, Tim, and you know, I think he'll go down as probably the, the, the best 50-over bowler Australia's ever had, that's for sure. And, you know, certainly the, his, his numbers uh, stack up with, with some of the absolute greats of the game. I uh, thought he was fantastic. to so get a wicket first ball of the innings, always, I suppose, gets, the, gets it off to a good start and, uh, you know, getting five wickets there. I thought Josh Hazelwood at the other end bowled superbly as well. He was very miserly. Um, I think the, the key for the Australian bowlers, I thought they managed their length on that surface uh there it looked a, li- a little bit challenging to score when the when the seam bowlers got their lengths right and uh, and that was certainly the case but yeah Mitchell Stark was uh was from the very top draw
0: Some emotion to pre-game, Ashton Agar presenting Wes with his one-day cap. He bowled very well, very luckless, mind you. He's the only one of the five bowlers to not get a scalp, but uh, was very tidy, six overs, none for 15. What What'd you make of his performance? And and Wes Agar, who we we do love in Western Australia, but he certainly made his name uh, at the best level over there in South Australia. You've had a lot to do with him.
6: Yeah, it, it was an emotional moment, and you just saw, I remember seeing it on, on social media as well, I think cricket. com. au uh, put it on, and uh, seeing Ashton tear up a little bit—it uh, was a beautiful moment. And um, you know, I know how close Ashton and Wes are, and, and you know, it's a tight family—the Agars. Um, yeah, very emotional moment. I thought Wes bowled really nicely, and um, you know, you know, but it's not a shock because you know we've seen firsthand at South Australia and the Adelaide Strikers just the hard work and effort that Wes puts into his game and. Um, you know, he's been fantastic. You know, I think, you know, a lot of credit must go uh, to, you know, the South Australian bowling coach Luke Butterworth and Adelaide Strikers bowling coach Joe Dawes. I think those guys have spent a lot of time with Wes, uh, helping him uh, learn and develop his game. And and also, you know, I think a a shout out to Peter Siddle, uh, who's with the Adelaide Strikers last few seasons, has, has really taken Wes under his wing and and Wes follows Sids around a bit like a lost puppy, uh, <laughs> like a love-struck uh, puppy at times, and just absorbs everything and, and wants to learn as much as he can from uh, from Sids. And uh, yeah, it's just reward. I know. You know, I've been uh, messaging Joe Dawes and Peter Siddle over the last little bit, and Luke Butterworth, and you know, those guys are all chuffed to bits to uh, see Wes make his one-day debut
0: three one-day debuts as mentioned McDermott, Phillippe and Agar I think that's really refreshing isn't it I know circumstances with some of our best short-form players not over there at the moment for various reasons but that's what opportunity does and uh, they all had their little moments I mean Ben McDermott uh, stayed around a long time Josh Phillippe at the top of the order taking the heat off the off the new ball and the like and, and as you mentioned where's Agar that's that's a good thing going forward for Australian cricket
6: yeah it certainly is uh, Ben and Josh, at uh, batting in the in the top three, there uh, had the opportunity. They they got starts. Uh, they would have liked to have gone on and got made significant contributions. However, they would have uh, would have felt good to at least get a start there. And and look that they showed signs, uh, real promising signs. Uh, and obviously, Wes, uh, you know, getting six overs under his belt in, in international cricket can only be good for him. So it's great for Australian cricket uh, going forward. It, it gives the selectors some, um, some real food for thought there um, and, and opportunity. And that's what we want. Um, obviously, we've got a T20 World Cup later this year. It just gives, uh, gives these guys that really important uh, stretch opportunity, I suppose, that experience at international level. And it's fantastic.
0: Jason Gillespie our guest on Sporting Goss after the Australians completely demolished the West Indies by 133 runs. Now this is coming off a 4-1 loss in the T20. I want to take you back to Alex Carey. I was asked some months ago and I'm just a, you know, a battler with an opinion on most things, but Alex Carey I believe has got the opportunity going forward to possibly with Tim Payne's departure eventually of being the test keeper for Australia and then possibly opening the doors to be a test captain. Do you subscribe to that theory or do you think that's a bridge too far for Alex Carey to be one day, possibly the test captain of Australia?
6: Uh, Look, Tim, I I don't think it's a stretch too far. Um, You know, I'm I'm really pleased that he's been afforded this opportunity uh, to captain Australia. Uh, His, his one day form um, over the last year uh, with the bat and gloves has been sensational. So, he, look, he's been a real, uh, real shining light, I suppose, in the Australian fifty-over team. Um, you know, we've been able to give him some opportunities at, at BBL level uh, in uh, Travis Head's absence over the last couple of seasons. We've actually been able to give Alex some captaincy experience in in BBL, and and look, he he's certainly learnt a lot in, in with those opportunities, um, and and he's he's had the opportunity to captain South Australia as well. So. Um, he, he's, he's getting those opportunities. He, he does show uh, you know, leadership potential and, and it's been great to be able to provide him with those opportunities. And, and it certainly gives the Australian selectors, the Australian coach, um, a look at him. And you know, that's part of what, what our role is at domestic level here in Australian cricket is to um, provide opportunities. You know, we, we want players being able to strive and, and, and play for Australia. Get a baggy green, get a one-day and T20 caps, and, and and you know part of our role, is, uh, along with we certainly want to win trophies and, and mm. win games of cricket through our own state and our and our BBL franchise, but, but also part of our role is, is to provide uh, opportunities for players, um, you know, in various roles, so that they can um, be best prepared to represent our country.
0: Last one for you, Diz. How are you coping in Adelaide with, uh, with lockdown? We're, uh, you know, don't want to rub salt into the wound, but life is pretty normal here in Western Australia. We're yep. just, uh, you know, life is very much normal. We're on edge all the time, like the rest of the world, I suppose. But yep. what's it like in Adelaide at the moment, mate?
6: Yeah, I mean, much like you guys over there in Perth, Tim, we've, we've been relatively normal up until, obviously, we're just in lockdown, the first uh, full day of lockdown today. Mm. Um look we, I think everyone understands it's uh, it's it's out of necessity we we don't want to be in lockdown for any longer than we need to be but um, what I can tell you is that in the Gillespie household, um, there's four Gillespie kids here who are absolutely delighted that they're at home. They've just had three weeks off school with uh, school holidays here in South Australia. And they went back for one day and they were in lockdown. I, I picked them up from the bus stop yesterday afternoon and, and they are grinning like Cheshire cats. They're uh, not having to go to school. But, but we reminded them that uh, yes. starting tomorrow, they will have remote learning. And uh, yes. so we're making sure... Um, they're sticking to the uh, to the routine, the bedtime routine, and and you know a couple of the kids have, have actually done a little bit of homework today, which is uh, uh, which is very good. So look, we'll handle it. We'll we'll do what we need to do <laughs> because we don't want to be in uh, be in lockdown for any longer than we need to be. But I think we're all very understanding that um, you know we're living in unique circumstances. We're in a global pandemic, and we've all just got to do our bit to uh, make sure that. Uh, we can suppress this as quickly as we can.
0: 100%. Appreciate your time, mate. Good signs for the Australian uh, team, of course, bouncing back after that pretty demoralising 4-1 loss in the T20s, but a very dominant win in the uh, in the 50 overs. Thanks for joining us. Stay safe over there in Adelaide.
6: Good on you, Tim. Thanks for the chat.
0: Fantastic. Jason Gillespie, of course, coach of South Australia and the Adelaide Strikers. Let's get a breakaway. Uh, Mike from Palmyra has called. Nice work. 13-12-55. Wants to talk about the Medi-sub. Of course, uh, Matthew Pavlich has had a bit to say about it using the Luke Shuey example on Monday. Of course, it's since been revealed that Luke Shuey does have a bit of a calf injury. West Coast Eagles fans in particular have piled on Pav. Pav has responded on Twitter asking them all to calm their farm. Mike is there wants to have a say. Mike, appreciate your time. Thanks for calling Sporting Goss. Uh, Hey Goss. How are you, mate? Yeah, going well. You've got an opinion on this.
5: I do, mate. I back the big man. Um, I just think that uh, it was a rule that was actually brought in uh, uh, a day uh,
6: early before the season.
5: And, uh, yeah, like, you know, not a lot uh, of thought had been put into it. Um, And I think that uh, if you get
7: injured, it should be a week off anyway. um, If you're off the field.
0: Yeah, very much so. So thanks, uh, Mike. So there's Mike agreeing with Pav. So Matthew Pavlich said this, said this on Monday on Gilly and Goss.
3: Can I raise something with you this morning about the medisub and Luke Shuey going off yesterday? I mean, the coaches said he's not that sore. It was precautionary. Well, why do we have the medisub? Yeah, great call.
0: It was always well, going to be exposed, wasn't it? It but, should have only been for concussion. But
3: but Absolutely. we knew this was going to happen. Why why do we use the Medi-Sub rule when someone like Luke Shuey will probably play next week? It was precautionary. He hasn't done his calf. He's walking around. He's going to probably train this week and probably play this weekend back here at Upper Stadium. Why do we have it? I don't understand. So, I get the concussion. Like we, all, we, we want to protect the head. We understand that that's sacrosanct, and we want to make sure that people play the game. And if they are significantly injured, concussed, then, you know, there's, a, there's an opportunity for um, a, a, a coach and a player to come back on. But the Medisub, they, they are just manipulating this rule, and it was always going to be the case, and I, and I don't like it.
0: Matthew Pavlich today on Twitter. Hey, Twitter folks. Calm your farm, exclamation mark. For the record, we were talking about the Medisub rule and how it shouldn't be used for an injured player other than concussion. Lots of teams all year have regularly used it for this purpose, and it's not its original intent for player concussion. Of course, now, I don't like how the industry pushed this rule through just before the 2021 season started and how it morphed quickly into all injuries and away from its original form regarding head knocks and concussion. Let's just play with 23 if we agree it's all worth it. That was Pav on Twitter today. Calls for a retraction and apologies. Really? I think people lost sight of the fact was he was speaking on Monday He was going on the advice of Adam Simpson saying it wasn't serious, so therefore, you know, he hopefully wasn't going to be out for too long. It has since been revealed he has got a bit of a tweak in the calf. Matthew Pavlich was in the studio at 7 o'clock on a Monday morning. He's not going to sit and wait for the West Coast Eagles to put out on Tuesday afternoon a medical report. That's not what he's paid to do. And if we are going to retract or apologise for every time we say something wrong, either on radio, on television, in print, or in many of your own cases, social media, we would spend 24 7 apologising. We move on, break out of the semantics. The big issue was the Medi sub concussion or injury, what is it for? That is what Matthew Pavlich was saying. Yes, he was using the Luke Shuey as an example because it was the fresh example. This is Sporting Goss. Music. Yes, the JJ Cale cocaine to kick us into... This next stage, Australian equestrian writer Jamie Kermond has been suspended from competing at the Tokyo Games after testing positive to cocaine. Equestrian Australia confirmed a statement that Kermond 36 had returned a positive A sample for a metabolite of cocaine following a test in June 26. So three weeks ago, four, almost four weeks ago, Equestrian Australia has provincially, uh, provincially suspended the jumping athlete Jamie Kermond under the Australian National Anti-Doping Policy. Wow. Not great going into our games in Tokyo. I'd be interested to know whether Jamie Kermond is actually in Tokyo or whether he hasn't quite arrived yet, but that would be a pretty lonely existence, packing your bags and leaving. One person who knows what it's like to be at the Games is Olympian Georgie Parker and three-game superstar from the Collingwood AFLW. She joins us each and every Wednesday on Sporting Goss. Uh, that's a bit of a shock, Georgie. Yeah, massive shock, and
8: it's not something that us are very proud, nation when it comes to sporting integrity we're the first to throw stones so we don't want things like that happening to bringing Mm. down our integrity I guess but what is interesting about Kermond is that I've read on my I'm going to read out a little thing that I read and it says here on Monday the Australian revealed the nation's top-ranked show jumper Rowan Willis was overlooked in favor of Kermond who had sponsorships linked to Stephen Lamb, one of two national selectors. And they're, they're describing it as a decision that is equivalent of leaving Ash Barty out as of the national tennis squad. So he's already in there, which I guess in, in the equestrian world, maybe without deserving it, because his ranking is well lower than Willis. Um and then he comes and does this. It's throwing eggs into the faces, you know, and it's disappointing when you've been given this opportunity to do something just so reckless and dumb.
0: Very much so. Uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, 33 points, team rebounds and one assist. And uh, LeBron James has just uh, put out on Twitter that he said, I think he said, um, uh, the Greek freak is hooping today. So even being acknowledged by LeBron James said it is a, uh, almost three-quarter time, and it's still plenty in it between, of course, the Suns and, of course, the Bucks. Let's turn our attention to a doco you watched last night or watched recently called Home Game. Tell us more.
8: Oh, you should watch this. I mean, clearly I'm over here in Melbourne in lockdown, so just trying to find some things that aren't absolute trash to watch. And we, just, we stumbled upon this show on Netflix called Home Game, and it's about all these traditional games all around the world, and mm. I cannot believe I'd never heard of this before. It's called Calcio Storico. Hope I'm doing that name justice, and it's in um, Italy, in just in Florence. And you can only play for the postcode you were born in. There's only four teams: white, red, green, and yellow, blue, blue. And um, it's they play two games a year. It goes for 50 minutes, and essentially it's rugby with no rules. They just it's MMA and rugby combined, and it is absolutely bananas. And it's now made me go, I can't believe I've never watched this sport before, but it's made me want to go there and watch this sport because it's absolutely wild. Um, but it made me think of all the bucket list sports that you want to go mm. to and things you want to see in the world. Is there anything that you particularly want to mm-hmm. see golf?
0: There is. There is, and I'd love people to let us know, 0487 736, yeah. 736 Let us know your bucket list sports. Mine is, and this will happen once we get back to normality, I will travel across uh, with my eldest daughter, and we will go yep. on the European tour and watch the Irish Golf Open into the Open Championship, and then yep. stay, and hopefully they're on separate weeks, but then also go to the Silverstone Formula One Grand Prix in a bucket list, uh, about a month it'll take. Bucket
8: list trip. Yep. A big bucket list trip. That's I want to go watch you won't like this because I know, I know you don't like tennis but I want to go and watch every Grand Slam that's yeah. what I want to do I want to do my own little Grand Slam I've done mm-hmm. three of the four I've got to go over get over to the US Open um, but there's so many big sporting events and you're missing them out but I guess at the moment especially with what nearly the entire country down in lockdown We've got the Olympic Games that we can sit back and watch and you can check out a lot of the action on SCN as well. There's little promo for the SCN. Team. Yes,
0: I'll be, um, I'll, be so. I'll be, here <laughs> I'll be every day. I'll be in the studio. I'll oh. be uh, panelling through 8 till 11 and 8 till 12 on other days as well. So I'm looking forward to that. looking forward to the Olympic yeah. Games. Can't wait. I'll, yeah. I'll be crossing live to the tennis as much as I can.
8: <laughs> yeah, you love it, especially women's tennis, don't you girls?
0: Uh, Ash Barty, I can't get enough of Ash Barty. Now, just quickly, no, because we are pressed for time, I do apologise, but you have no, spoken nice. to the crew inside the, the village and the cardboard beds do exist, but apparently they are super strong.
8: Yes, they're super strong, but the, the girls and guys, I've spoken to a lot of the hockey um, players over there and it's a really interesting um, situation for them, you know, I'm stressed over here. I don't want to even go to a supermarket because I'm scared of getting stuck in quarantine. But over there, clearly much more at stake. There's like their heart rates are going through the roof every time they go to the food hall. But their food hall, they're there in time. You only can be there for 30 minutes. You're in these little cubicles. You're not allowed out of your place. But when you are allowed out of your apartment, they're saying it's 35 degrees and you just go out and instantly sweat. It's so humid. So they're doing it tough in a way. Um, they'll be bored and stressed and anxious and can't wait for this to go ahead. And especially in a sport like hockey, clearly I'm, I'm very um, into that with my background, but they're there for two weeks or more than two and a half weeks in those circumstances, they're not there for three days like summer, so it's going to be a long few weeks for them.
0: Out of time, stay safe we'll chat on Monday on Gillian Goss
8: Yeah legend,
0: bye mate (laughs) Georgie Parker joins us, Sporting Goss and Gillian Goss, it's 6 away from 11 back before the 11 o'clock news, plenty coming up, stay with us, Tony Sage we've already chatted with and that has caused a ruckus, we'll take a break, get to news plenty more, Sporting Goss Five seconds to go in the third quarter, and Devin Brooker is on the line and has a chance to put Phoenix in front at three-quarter time as they fight to stay alive in the game six of the NBA. Milwaukee lead 3-2, and Antetokounmpo, the Greek freak, is actually 77-all with less than five seconds to go in the third. As we take a look here. Three-point shot on the buzzer doesn't go. So 77, oh, you don't get any tighter than that. The end of the third. Ben in York, we'll get to your text after the break. 0487 736 736 is the text number, or 1312 55. Coming up, Aaron Black, Hamish Brayshaw. We're talking footy, Jim Taylor. And we'll also hear more from Sam Mitchell. He's defended the handover at Hawthorne. Plenty going on. Stay with us. Go nowhere. This is Sporting Goss. Sporting Goss keeping an eye on the WAFL, of course, and our attention this week turns to a big game for both teams. Really the last gas for Peel Thunder and West Perth trying to cement their place in the top five, albeit it looks pretty safe for now. They've been in form and so too has our next guest, Aaron Blackie, joins us on the Sporting Goss. Winning form is good form and the Falcons are in that at the moment, Blackie. Welcome to the show.
9: Thanks for having me, guys. I'm looking forward to it as
0: always. <laughs> hey, mate, the boys are in form. albeit you just fell over the line against East Fremantle, but uh, by this, uh, by the stretch of the form guide, the way it is, you are one of the form clubs of the comp.
9: Yeah. I oh, look. The last two weeks we've probably um, struggled in the last quarters, but I think um, the comment I made after the game to to Jeff um, was. Good sides win those games, so we, we we weren't playing the way we wanted to, but you, you still find a way to win. So I think that's the positive for what we're doing at the moment is we've struggled, but we've also found a way to to win them. So five in a row's um, obviously a, a good thing, but we've got another another big job this week.
0: Very much so. So when you sit down with Jeff Valentine and the rest of the playing group after the game, and you talk, and you you mention those uh, those last quarters where it's become a bit of a struggle, can you put your finger on why?
9: Um oh look it's all it's all pretty i guess generic kind of um conversation. It's a little bit about us not sticking to our process and uh we kind of go away a little bit from what we were doing uh we're still relatively young and we've got a couple of our senior guys missing, so I think that's just a potentially a bit of a trait that you know when you're a bit younger. Um, you get a bit ahead of yourself, a bit excited, and um, they start doing things that aren't necessarily what we do. So it's trying to um, limit how long potentially we do that for. And, um, you know, if, if we stay to our process as long as possible, then the results are going to um, come our way. And that's sort of shown the last five weeks.
0: Tell us about some of the players that you have been excited about, some of the youngsters, the, the young names in the group that you think have really stepped up in this um, winning streak of five in a row.
9: I mentioned a few uh, in the paper the other day, but a couple um, outside of that, like one Zach Gordon, and um, who you know he's a little bit older and played a fair bit of footy, but his form playing as a, a key shutdown bat has been you know almost unbelievable. He's still averaging like 25, but keeping his opponent to you know maybe one scoring shot and five or six a game, so he's been awesome. Um, then you know a couple of young kids like Nath Murray has been one who's been fantastic. Came in played his first five games for five wins and. I think he was averaging 20 and one or two. Um, Tom Boys does some real defensive stuff that um, you don't really see if you're you're not a, um, a sort of analytical watcher. So mm. he does a lot of defensive stuff for us. And our ruckman Ben Delaporte's come a long way um, the last you know year and a half, and and he's been a lot more valuable to us this year. So just a, just having those young kids step up and and take a bit of load off the rest of the group uh, has obviously made a massive difference for him.
0: Aaron Black, our guest on Sporting Goss uh, from the West Perth Football Club, 210 gamer. Uh, You kicked a goal in round one, if I remember rightly. You haven't hit the scoreboard of any note since then. You've had one point, one point, one point, one point, and you were a bit off target on the weekend. You had two points. Um, You like to hit the scoreboard, Aaron, but I have noticed that's one part of your game you need to work on, even in your veteran status that you are.
9: I think everyone likes hitting the scoreboard, mate. Um, I'm trying to, if mm. you can't tell. I'm trying to kick a goal, but wow. it's, uh, I, I don't have much range on my legs at the moment and or if I ever have, so um, I, I can't say I get too many shots from inside 25. Um, yeah, look, I, as long as we're kicking big scores, it's hard when Tyler's kicking 5, 6, 7 each week and, and all the forwards are shipping in. Um, kicking their bit. So we're getting wins and I'm I'm doing my bit by getting one or two points Seems we're going okay.
0: One of the great different cats of football is Keegan Knott. He's just a different beast. He kicked two goals four. Now one thing he has prided himself on in his career has been accuracy and I wasn't at the game. Or I didn't see the game. I haven't seen a replay of the game. Can you explain his two goals for Because we've tried to get him on the show. He's always got an excuse as to why he can't come on. He has no problems chirping on the field. He has no problem chirping on social media, but he doesn't want to come on the show. He must be, He must be fearful that I'm going to bite him.
9: Must be you, mate.
0: <laughs> you need must to put a good you. word in for me, Blackie. You need to yeah, let him I'll, know. I'll I've got nothing against former Claremont players who played at university <laughs> who now play at West Perth.
6: I don't know
9: why I wouldn't want to come on and speak to you, mate. <laughs> um,
0: look, the one thing you know, the one thing you get
9: from Keegs is in big moments, and any time he's on the boundary line, he's going to kick a snag. And <laughs> um, you know, I think we were down two, and he got a free kick on the boundary line, and there was no chance he was missing that one. So. Um he kicks the hard ones and sometimes he misses the easy ones. I think he had a couple from about fifty meter range and that that you know that's probably stretching him a little bit um with the big boys on the line so uh, you know, around the boundary line, you back him in every day of the week. Anytime he's getting a bit deep, um, he's probably going to miss a couple. But I'll, I'll definitely put in a good word for
0: you, mate. Thank you very, sure m- thank you very there. much. Tell him I'll give him a special couple of extra minutes than I normally give uh, the superstars like yourself. Um, he did kick <laughs> six the last time you played Peel Thunder. He was the match winner. It was a remarkable performance.
9: Yeah, oh, mate. Again, he's probably the the, the best small forward in the comp. You know, I believe. I think we've got. Um, some really good ball users who are, who are giving good supply at the moment as well. So hopefully we can we can do the same. Um, be nice to see him get up and kick another six. He had six scoring shots on the weekend, so I wouldn't be surprised if he does it again.
0: Some concern about Will Schofield uh, going forward. He's got a broken back, we're reliably informed, and hasn't played for the last couple of weeks. I don't know if he is playing. I'd like to see Will Schofield and Keegan not together. Are there going to be a fair bit of verbal jousting going on?
9: Is there any chance that we can get Kegs playing on Scully? Oh, i love that. Just, just go to him. Just yeah, go to him, mate. That, work, that works in our favour. Sorry, Scully, but um, <laughs> we'll be kicking the ball along the ground and Kegs will be kicking a few from the back.
0: <laughs> or or put it on Scully's head and then put your knee right in the middle of his back. That, was that No, he's a good man, Scully, and I, and I think it's fantastic that he's still um, sort of uh, getting involved at the waffle level. And, yeah, um, let's hope he recovers well. He did mention that he had a broken back. Well, I haven't heard it, but I have led to believe he has declared it publicly. Somewhere. So, um, anyway, hey, Connor West must give you great delight. You must have got a real buzz out of him making his AFL debut in Adelaide the other day, and he also played really well.
9: Yeah, oh mate, I think he's um, he's going to be fantastic at AFL level. I think he's got all the traits that that AFL clubs are looking for, and the Eagles have got a good one. Um, obviously, you know, if you you have twenty possessions and thirteen of them are contested, he sort of worked his way into it um, a little bit early, as he as he mentioned in some of his. Um, interviews, but I think that's just the natural feel out of the game. And um, going forward, you know, he's going to be a real good get for them. Obviously, with Shuey, um Shuey's injury problems, mm. he can kind of play that that real power runner, um, break lines kind of midfielder that they're looking for. Um, and it was great, great to watch it. You know, it's probably I think it's our first midseason um, draftee that has kind of been with the club and then gone. So it was actually a real. Uh, enjoyable experience to to watch him play and play well.
0: Interesting though, you have to cover for him, don't you? And I know he's been gone a little while now. Um, are you comfortable with you know the way that the midfield has started to work without Connor West and his grunt and his grind and his disposal level?
9: Yeah, oh, it, it's definitely a difficult one. Um, but I think so. A lot of midfield stuff, a lot of positional stuff, is about having a good mix. You know, so I think you know Connor goes out, we find it, we find a couple of guys like. Um, Nate Murray and um, Tom Boys, who can potentially combine to give us that mix that, we're after, that we had with Connor. So they're, 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 they've come into the side and just played their role, um, and you know potentially adds a little bit more on on me and Nelly um, to do some more things. But what they've done is they've filled um, you know his void uh, together, uh, and I think that's that's been really good. And they're, they're very understanding of their roles coming into the side. I think. That can also be challenging when you get um, a change in the side. Um, People don't necessarily understand what we need of them. uh, And they've come in and gone, well, if if you need me to play, do this and do that. and, And they've just been willing to do it. So... Um, that makes, you know, the mid life a lot easier, makes the team's life a lot easier because we know what we're getting.
0: Aaron Black, our guest on Sporting Goss from the West Perth Football Club ahead of taking on Peel Thunder this weekend. Gee, your tackle counts are up, mate, or um, four on the weekend, but gee, you must be pleased. I mean, I think you knocked off 12 against Claremont. I know you like playing Claremont and Claremont like playing you. Um, so your tackle count was up.
9: I do like playing Claremont, so I definitely <laughs> um, added. A, I had a bit more aggression for that one. But uh, yeah, I, I just think, um, it's depending on what I'm um, needed to do. In the last you know, four or five weeks, my role's been slightly different, a little bit more um, defensive as a mid, but I'm still obviously getting my hands on the footy. So I th- it's that time of year where uh, it's really important that the leaders are, are stepping up and, and um, mm-hmm. leading by example. I think that's had a big difference uh, for us, uh, obviously winning five in a row again, but um, I do like uh, that in inside tough and understaffed. Although people like to think I'm I'm soft and like it on the outside.
0: No, you're not. No,
9: you're not. You only, wouldn't believe it, would you?
0: No, I know. I know. Only Subiaco fans think that. Oh, sorry. Hey, <laughs> hey, can I uh, ask you? The 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 premiership is concealed. I say this every time I speak to someone from the Waffle. Uh, anyone on any day that is a contender is going to win this flag. I saw Subi on the weekend. They took a long time to shake off. Mind you, they were a pretty stocked up West Coast waffle. Uh, they didn't have Hunty. You only need one or two injuries, don't you, at the top level, and it can really derail your chances. As long as, and you mentioned you had a few senior blokes out at the moment, you must be happy. The fact is, you are winning. Still have a couple of important pieces to the puzzle not there, but at the same time, is one bad you only you're only a bad day away from really hurting your premiership chances.
9: May you're exactly right. Um, I, I don't think I've, I've actually been involved in a season that's probably been this even. I think I think we say that you know multiple times, um, you know across the years that oh it's an even comp, it's an even comp. But generally, you get you know one or two real standouts, and there's been one standout in Subi for for a lot of those, and I know you'll be happy that I say that.
7: <laughs> but um,
9: the, the the gap is is a lot smaller than it has been, and it's great for the comp one. Um, and and it's also great to to be involved in and play in because there's actually a lot of confidence probably in in the top you know four or five sides mm. that they can probably win one if not steal one um, to to put it that way. So you're right, you're you're an injury away um, or you, you're one or two key players um, away from potentially winning one. So um, it's exciting, but it's also you know potentially daunting for for the young kids and. Um, there's still a long way to go. I think there's six games left or they're deciding what to do with the back end of the the season. So um, it's going to be an interesting finish.
0: Very much so. I mean, you know, just so the ladder looks like this for our listeners. Subiaco are on top on 36, but their percentage is whopping 140. They've got a miserly defence. That's the difference. Claremont uh, second 36 with a percentage of 121. Uh, 0.42 south Ramella 0.16 percent behind claremont on the same wins um and in third spot you are on 120.05 so you are 1.37 percent behind claremont and a game behind but tell you what you know you can win you can certainly get to second and you could easily get to the top by the time the season's up i mean that would be huge
9: yeah, I think if you said at the start of the year that West Perth have a chance to finish on top of the ladder, you probably would have said you're dreaming. So yeah, I would have. Um, it, it's massive for us. And I think I think it's South versus Claremont maybe this week, um, yep, which is yep. the potential for us to finish second at the end of the week. Yeah. So um, it is exciting.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I don't think you can finish second because one of those teams have to win. So
9: that's also true. So what was it, third? <laughs> third at know. best. A massive
0: isn't that- I'm a PE teacher. I'm not a math teacher. No, nah, exactly right. And, numbers, and, I, yeah. and I still I pity those kids as well. Hey, <laughs> thank you. Thank you for chatting to us. It is exciting times. Um, And how's life in general for you, Blackie? I mean, you, you're working out there at uh, the Darling Range. And uh, how's life in general for, for Aaron Black?
2: Yeah, there's
9: the Darling Range plug. Uh, yeah, Matt, it's great out here. Got the footy kids out here. So um, they're obviously getting a top tier education in football. <laughs> um, but just come off holidays, mate, so it's pretty cruisy. Oh, Played yeah. a bit of golf and, and just hanging out. We we lived that fantastic life. Where we got Two weeks off and ten weeks on. <laughs>
0: Appreciate your time. All the very best on the weekend. West Perth taking on Peel Thunder. Always good to chat, mate. And get on to Keegan Not for me, can you?
9: Yeah, I will. Love your work, mate. It's head always good you. to that, chat.
0: Yeah, on you. Aaron Thanks. Black, one of the good fellas and Sandover Melison, superstar of the Waffle with West Perth. This is your Sporting Goss. Being a Wednesday, it's a regular chat now with Hamish Bracewell, captain of the West Coast Eagles waffle lineup, and of course, all things waffle. He joins us on the show, coming off a very, very good performance, albeit he didn't get the chocolates. hammer.
10: Yeah, Goff, thanks for having me back. Uh, no, it was a good weekend. I mean, Subiaco are, uh, I think, still the best team in the competition, and uh, and we we you know we matched it with them for pretty much three quarters, and and got to the last, and with two, with two goals up, and then they just sort of flexed their muscles a bit and then went bang. So, you know, we, uh, we were pretty happy with the way we performed. We still sort of thought there was some room for improvement, but, you know, to match it with a team like that for the, the way we did, we were, uh, we were very impressed.
0: Uh, it's a good blend you've got going at the moment at uh, West Coast Eagles-Waffle. You've got enough AFL experience and you also got some players that when you tick them over, your, your top-up players, your waffle top-ups or uh, some of your ammos, they're starting to get a bit more in tune with what's going on.
10: Yeah, it is. Uh, I mean, I've said it a few times this year. I think ten AFL listed players is probably the the, the cut where we're competitive. Uh, anything around that, it's um you know here or there. But I think you know the start of the year, albeit it wasn't the best start we wanted, it gave a lot of our waffle listed guys some league experience that they otherwise would have wouldn't have got. Um, so you look at it now, and uh, and and you know you've got some guys that have played. Had probably ten league games. That like Joey Deegan, he's really starting to play um, good footy. Even Zane Sumich has come now. Mm. He, he's, he's putting together a really good uh, back end of the year. So, you know, we had to bud some guys earlier, earlier than we probably should have. And, um, and you know, I think that's paying dividends now because they're really on board with the system. They we're, um they're connected with the AFL-listed guys when they come back, and, and we've sort of with more of a team at this stage of the year, which unfortunately has come a bit little too little too late, but. You know, you look forward into next year and, and going forward, and that's I think that's really good progress for our young guys.
0: No doubt. So you get back on the horse this week, of course. and you've got East Perth, who, again, we say I think we've ever said every time we played East Perth, they they just ticking around the edges. They're winning enough games to to give them some hope, and uh, they're going to be tough to beat. That game, of course, at Leederville Oval again.
10: Yeah, absolutely. They beat us by uh, I think 60 points or six, 10 goals last time we played them, and uh, and we had a pretty good team back in there. So I think we're a different side than we were back then. But uh, no, certainly they're playing some good football. Um, you know, they they like to move the ball, they like to hold, retain possession. So we've got to be you know pretty switched onto that. But uh, yeah, I think if we can just bring the energy and the, the same system that we have brought, I'm not sure what the uh, our waffle list is going to look like with injuries at AFL and and the like but uh, you know I think whatever whatever team we put on the park and, and that's probably where we're at at this point of the year Wherever, whatever team we put on the park we're gonna, we know what we're going to get we're going to get consistent effort um, and that system I think is drilled into all the boys at waffle level so regardless of AFL selection I think we'll, uh, we'll have a pretty good and competitive
0: team Hamish Brasher our guest on Sporting goss talking all things waffle a little bit different isn't it you're playing at 2-10 your game of course and you know, thirty minutes later, your AFL team is playing because of the way COVID has uh, come across and the way the fixtures are constantly changing. And they're taking on St Kilda. It's a little bit weird.
10: It is. Well, I mean, as it stands right now, Wednesday, it's uh, that's how it works. So it, Thursday could be something completely different, yeah. so you never know. But I mean, it's you know they're t- twenty minutes apart. I'm not sure what that'll uh, what that'll mean for a medical sub or a travel or an emergency for our team. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm I think a lot of the boys are past the point of. Really paying too much attention to the waffle. Uh, sorry, to the, to the COVID situation. We just, you just go out, you play. You, you know where you have got to play. You know what time you got to play, and you just roll up and you play footy. So, I think the uh, the COVID stuff is getting to a point where it's just, yep, bugger it. Whatever happens, happens, and uh, and you can't really try and predict too much because it can change on a whim. So, currently playing at two thirty the AFL, but it could easily change in twenty four hours. Who knows? But. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it is it will be a little bit weird, but you get that unfortunately
0: sometimes. Spoke to Aaron Black a little bit earlier in the show. West Perth, one of the form teams of the competition, they've won their last five games. They take on Peel Thunder, of course, at Provident Financial Oval. Peel look like they've just lost touch now with the top five, uh, and they've had they've still got a a, a lot of AFL experience. They've been a, a tad disappointing. They haven't had Will Scope for the last couple of so-called broken back, even by his own declaration. He says it sounds a lot worse than it is, but uh, you'd have to be tipping West Perth there, I'd imagine, on form.
10: Yeah, I will be. Um, They're playing some really good footy. I mean, I think at this point of the season, the top five is pretty much locked away. Mm. I mean, Swan Districts are are there or thereabouts, but I I think they'll probably hang on and, and, you know, win another couple of games to get in. But, yeah, West Perth are, are playing really good footy, and and they played, you know, when they played us, they smashed us at the start of the year. So they're, uh, I know that they're a really quality side. So Peel like Thunder do have that AFL list and that AFL experience, but I just think the way uh, West Perth move in the footy and playing there, uh, they'll be a little bit too good this weekend.
0: Claremont are at Revo Fitness Stadium, Claremont Oval, Let it take on the Sharks.
10: Yeah, I know. that's another one where I think Claremont are just a, a touch too good for the time being. Uh, if Harry Taylor was still playing, maybe they'd swing it these three hours away, but uh, no, he's back up in Durant, I think, so mm. it'll, be, uh, it'll be Claremont for mine.
0: Yes, he's playing in the country All-Stars versus the local Amos, I think, uh, this weekend, Harry. So oh, beautiful. coming off two goals seven, so he's uh, he's looking forward to getting hitting the scoreboard through the big sticks. <laughs> uh, Perth, you're uh, of course, they uh, play at Mineral Resources Park as well. If there ever has been a club... Has been decimated by injury at the top end, and a big phrase. McInnes went down again. He must be getting close to the end.
10: Yeah, well, it's uh, they have been absolutely smashed this year with injury. They've got you know Josh Smith, their recruit from over east, has come over and hurt himself. phrase hurt himself in the first game, came back, and now he's down again. So, yeah, I mean, I don't think they'll get the win. I think who have they got this week? They've got uh, Swan Districts. Yeah, pre- oh, Swan, Swan Districts, Swan Districts yep. this week. Yep. Yeah, so I think Swan Districts will will get the chocolates. But uh, no, I, I do feel for those boys. I mean, I'm good mates with. Um, quite a few of them. So, yeah, feeling surprised, but uh, I think Swans will be a bit too good.
0: Yeah, we hope uh, we wish them well uh, when Perth are up and about. The competition seems to have a little bit more zing in it. And then they've got Subiaco and South Fremantle. Huge contest, this one.
10: Yeah, that'll be a good one. Uh, I'm very much looking forward to seeing the result of that, walking off the park Saturday. But uh, I think – oh, sorry, they're Sunday, aren't they? are sunday are not they i go watch that. But uh, I think, uh, think Subiaco are the best team in the comp, so I don't think they'll be uh, they'll be getting beaten on the weekend. I think they're two. I mean, they're really it's going to be a very good game. They're both contested winning sides and they've got some really good midfield. But I just think, I think Subie will be a bit too, a touch of class above and they'll, uh, they'll run over the top.
0: One of the most listened to footy podcasts in the country, in particular, well, they're certainly number one in Western Australia, but in the country is Coast to Coast. Uh, would you like to give a preview yeah, in is. regards to if people want to get in and uh, have a listen what should they be listening to for the show?
10: Yeah, it certainly is one of the premier podcasts going around, Goss, uh, as you well know. But uh, I think this week, uh, Oscar and myself and you engage in one of the great belly laughs of the show with uh, a look into a uh, a bit of a bit of fun between the AFL boys last year across the AFL with the uh, the AFL PA Zoom calls in, in regards to COVID and, and you know things changing on a whim and of the boys got a bit sick of it and started uh, pulling the mickey out of Jake Waterman. So that uh, has since filtered through the entire competition. And uh, if you want to have a little listen as to what we're talking about, go and listen to Coast to Coast. So that was a very, very good laugh. It
0: was very, very funny. And I think Jeremy McGovern also is a good listener as well. He plays plays one, game oh, 150. Yeah. And just the last one for us, uh, Hammer, how does the week play out for you? Uh, we're on Wednesday, as you mentioned. Um, does the weather affect uh, the way the community department at the West Coast Eagles operates?
10: Unfortunately, it doesn't, Goss. We're uh, we're out in the rain regardless. Uh, I think you get to a point where you're you're doing clinics with primary school kids that just want to have a bit of fun and play footy, and uh, you just suck it up, and they they do, so you get out there. So (laughs) I've got uh, the day off today, and then I'm working tomorrow and Friday. So pretty cruisy-looking week. I mean, the weather's pretty good right now. I'm not sure how much longer it'll hold, but... Uh, you know, it's a, a pretty relaxing week. I don't, mm. I'm going to try my best not to pay attention too much to the COVID stuff at uh, the AFL level unless it directly affects us mm. uh, and just, you know, focus on a weekend. But uh, we think we can, you know, we think we have a good chance this weekend. So we're uh, we're going to try and prepare as best we can.
0: Uh, 100%. I'm looking out the studio as we see for the first time in a long time, genuine blue skies. Are you hitting the course at any stage <laughs> today, Hammer?
10: Uh, I might do this afternoon, Goss. It's... Uh, it has been. We don't have a dryer in our house, so it's been about two and a half weeks. of not a lot of washing being done. Oh, so we'll, uh, I'll probably have to put through three or four of them today. So <laughs> uh, I might get on later on this afternoon and see how we go.
0: Good on you, mate. Appreciate the chat.
10: Easy, guys. Cheers, mate.
0: Hamish Brayshaw, West Coast Eagles waffle captain. Outstanding. I think the bloke's got a very big media future. It's about Tommy had a Brayshaw in the media that had some talent. This is the Sporting Goss. <laughs> Game six in the NBA, Milwaukee 100, Phoenix 94, Giannis Antetokounmpo has 49 points and has, I think, missed once from the free throw line. They've sent him there about 18 times. Still to come, get your pen and paper ready because we are racing at Belmont. Jim Taylor saddles up four runners today. Always gamble responsibly. G'day, Goss. Ben in York. Hello, Ben. As migrants to Australia, I'd love to take my boys to the MCG and watch the AFL Grand Final, particularly if the Dockers are participating. A few years ago, we went to Melbourne to look around the outside, but I've never been in would love to go to a Grand Final there. It is a great experience for you, Ben, and I'm sure when the world gets back to a little normality, it will be a a day that you and the boys and the family will remember. Mike from Pally, uh, sporting events. I'd like to go to the NBA All-Star Weekend when MJ was playing. Also a live WrestleMania with live crowd, not virtual, and last, a Frio Grand Final, taking home the cup for the first time. Good on your mic, appreciate that. So we are asking, on um, what sporting event you would like to see? Zero four eight seven seven three six seven three six twenty eight away from. 12 o'clock. Sam Mitchell spoke to Jared Waitley this morning and there's been a lot of fallout over the handover to, of course, Alistair Clarkson. There are reports that it's got nasty, that Alistair Clarkson blasted a significant senior member of staff before going into the press conference to announce the handover. Sam Mitchell, he talks about a number of things. Here's what he had to say about absolutely not being pushed to coach next year, and to move Alistair Clarkson on. This is Sam Mitchell on Whately. Sam, have you suggested you want to be Hawthorne coach next year and would prefer Alistair Clarkson not be at the Hawks?
5: Absolutely not. That has not happened. We've been working on some form of succession for such a long period of time. Um, if If you will do me the privilege, I will explain how long ago this has started and how it's still all on track with still plenty to work out, of course. But in 2016, if you go that far back, when I left to go to to West Coast, Clarko said, it'll be great for him. I know he's got coaching aspirations. great for him to get some experience at a new club. Then he rang me halfway through 2018 and said, um, you know, it'd be great to come back. It would be ideal if, you know, you took over from me at some stage and no promises, but that would be um, a great situation for us. So let's try to work towards that. And then over the over the last three years, I've gone to footy subcommittee meetings and started talking, you know, developing my own skill set. And you know, over my over my journey, um, having been part of all of these stepping stones, this was always a part of it. And so, a little a little while ago, and this is all this is all public knowledge, which some people love and get right into, and some people, you know, they pick and choose um, the parts they they want to talk about, but. As soon as I knew that the club was not going to reappoint Clark, my options became um, to continue on and um, go attempt to go for the Collingwood job, or if not do that, I knew someone else was going to coach Hawthorne in 2023. And so they gave me the option of taking that, which I said, I've built such strong relationship. It's been a plan for such a long period of time, and now it's coming around. So to me, I'm a little bit bemused by the whole situation that I've been working with Clark for the best part of 20 years consistently, but apparently we still don't get along.
0: Sam Mitchell speaking on Waitley this morning about the handover and the process that has undertaken, including the time that he was at the West Coast Eagles in that premiership year for the Eagles, working alongside Adam Simpson. We're about to go to a break. Come back, get your pen and paper ready because Jim Taylor's not too far away but we want to hear again from Sam Mitchell saying that he's uh, annoyed that people keep saying that he actually took Clarkson's job. Here's Sam Mitchell. Waitley, this is the Sporting Goss. Is it important that people understand that you didn't take Clarkson's job?
5: Well, I must admit I've been a bit disappointed with people saying that. I was – I mean, I don't, probably shouldn't say that on radio, but I kind of get a bit pissed off with people saying that. Like, there's nothing about – Nothing about anything I've done. I've worked with Clarko for nearly 20 years, and we—the fact that people would say that I'm trying to push him out—is disrespectful to both of us because we've got a had a working relationship for such a long period of time that I get—I did get a little bit frustrated with people saying, "Oh, he's just trying to get Clarkson out." Um, I could have, if I wanted to coach next year, I would have continued to pursue the the Collingwood opportunity if if it went that way, they're a very good club and I've got a good relationship with Graham Wright. And, um, you know, I could have continued down that path if that was what I wanted. So every piece of evidence says, that isn't true.
0: Big part of Sporting Goss is our look at local racing, and they are racing at Belmont, just a seven-race program, racing on a heavy eight. Jim Taylor is saddling up four runners today. It's been a little bit quiet from the Taylor stable over the last uh, 10 days or so. Jim, appreciate your time. Uh, You've woken up thinking the races might not have been on today.
7: Yeah, good morning, Tim. Uh, yeah, we had a lot of rain. I know at my gauge at Bullsbrook, we had 19, then I looked in East Perth, right beside the track, and they'd had 29.6 since 9am yesterday. Well, most of that come overnight, so uh, yeah, we're quite surprised when they um, were still able to have them.
0: Do you have many mudlarks in in the stable? Uh, Probably
7: Zephyr Queen is probably the most um, at ease on that sort of track, but they this time of year, you're not going to get anything else, so they sort of have to learn to run <laughs> yeah, on it.
0: They certainly do. Uh, before we get on to uh, your runners today, you've got the four runners going around, starting in race for the Crown Towers handicap. I think it was um, some ten or eleven days ago. You, you had four runners at uh, at Belmont, and you, you finished second twice and, and third twice. Now, do you take that away uh, as a a good day, a disappointing day, or a frustrating day?
7: Ah, oh, you just I think between them they aren't. Thirty three thousand, so that's sort of a it's a oh. good day in one way, but it's like anything. Um, there is a prize for second, but it's a big difference between first and second. We're we're, we're all out there to win, and um, yeah, I would rather win than uh, run second. But, but they're running honestly, and you know, on the wet tracks on the day, I was happy with the horses.
0: No doubt, thirty-three grand in in the kick for the connections and uh, pays a few bills as well. So uh, that's a good way of looking at it. Uh, One last one before we get into the runners: Lactar Romilly. He's obviously staying here uh, due to the COVID world that we're living in, and he's probably best bet is to stay. Talk about his development as a rider and and what you like about him.
7: Um, Yeah, sort of picked him up about six months ago. Started riding it just thought he just had that aggression and. He is, I think, about 24, mm. and I nearly count him as a, a jockey with a claim. He's got nearly the experience of a jockey. He can tell you so much when he comes in, mm. and he's very good at listening to instructions. and And he has got a bit of wit about him. He uh, keeps Lockie in line too. Down again, <laughs> so I, I do, I do enjoy that. We, a couple of times we've had a bit of banter between us, and he's uh, brought Lockie back to earth. So yeah, I think that's good of him.
0: Yeah, he is a very fine young jockey. Yeah, and uh, I know that uh, you know he, he speaks with a bit of broken English, but at the same time, is he's I've heard him interviewed a few times. He's incredibly honest and candid with the way that he rides uh, and with the way the horses perform. That's a that's a real that's a uh, a positive, isn't it? Because a lot of people do speak in cliches, but not not lucky.
7: Uh,
0: yeah, no, he's very
7: honest, and if you go by, yeah, I think he's quite an intelligent mm. young lad, mm. and um. Yeah, if if you know the way he speaks, I, I know it, it's that broken English. But um, if you sort of join the join the sentences, um, <laughs> yeah, he, he gives he's a, uh, he makes a lot of sense about horses.
0: Yeah, very true. Uh, look, he's on Gold Merits. Um, I don't know. Obviously, we're, you're going to get a bit of a vibe in regards to the way that track is playing today. Race four. Not too sure whether being drawn one is ideal for uh, Gold Merits. What are his chances in race four?
7: I would have preferred her drawing the outside because she's a horse that's better ridden midfield. And same happened to her the other day. Pinjaro was very rough on the inside and she just got bogged down, kept dipping. So we'll know a little bit more by then. Um, if they're racing all right on the fence, I think she'll run a good race. But if they're racing, if they're coming around the outside, you'd probably be dodging her.
0: Your good mate Jason Brown is on cross statement. This horse ever consistent, of course, and uh, it, it looks like a horse that probably appreciate. Uh, well, did okay in the, on the heavy eight last time behind Secret Plan.
7: I think Tim, it's just that he's a fairly good horse. Uh, I, I reckon he's a better horse on top of the ground, mm-hmm. but I think he's got a bit of a future. So he's sort of probably overcoming whether he sort of is not not the best on the heavy track. He's just he's got a fair bit of ability, and because he'll roll forward and probably lead. Um, whereas gold merits will be dictated to the horses around him. He can dictate where he wants to be. If they're racing a little bit off the fence, he can lead off the fence. So, um, yeah, that way I think Jason will dictate where he wants to be and sort of... um, from there, be pretty hard to beat.
0: You talked about uh, Lactar Romilly being a, a nice jockey and one uh, a seasoned campaigner as a 24-year-old with a claim. Um, Holly Watson's really taking all before her at the moment. You don't want to admit it, that maybe Simon Miller's had some influence over her progression. Um, but she's on Zephyr Queen. Uh, you're suited by, obviously, you get the claim there to take the weight off the 60 kilos that you've been allotted. Uh, the barrier uh, might not be a bad thing, but once again, it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out.
7: Yeah, the Super X has come out, Tim, so that was the other logical leader. So she should find the front.
11: Mm-hmm.
7: And as as you say, Holly, I think she'll probably, la will win this year's leading apprentice, and I think she'll go pretty close to to um, going leading apprentice next year. But no help, Simon Miller wouldn't know how to sit on a horse. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I thought sort i of give her some advice to sort of take her away from, you know, his state a little so, bit. So, so
0: you unravel all his good work with one ride, I was for Queen?
7: Yeah, no, I, um, yeah, no, I, uh, I, she, she, no, she, she, li- she listens well too and Simon and I, uh, talk about her rides and if I, if I have some advice, mm. I tell Simon to pass it on, but uh, yeah, it, we, as we, you know, we have our bit of banter, but, um. <laughs> He sort of respects if I say something about her riding; he, he'll pass it on because mm. yeah, he knows I've been out there.
0: It, it does. Uh, she sits on well, doesn't she? She's a really nice yeah. rider. I mean, she's only just entered the sort of the, the the metro stage. Really, it was only he held, got held back for a little while. Then she wrote a couple of winners on in the midweeks, and I think she had a, a double on the Saturday. So, I mean, she really has got the talent. What do you like about her from a from a former jockey's perspective?
7: Oh, she is very balanced. Listens well. And horses naturally run for her. She goes very well when they when they lead. They seem to. She just she's a, from an equestrian background, and mm-hmm. they've got nice, light hands. And um, yeah, just about when Simon took her on, and he he said, I you know he told me to have a watch of it. I thought she's just doing everything right. And he was he was actually holding her back till the new season, not to um, go to the city with her. And I told him a couple of months ago. I said, I oh, reckon she's ready. Mm-hmm. I said she's Everything she's doing, so he let her start a little bit earlier in town. And said, "I think it's a bit of aimed. He's had a bit of luck with his apprentices. He's had Aaron Mitchell and Chloe as a party go leading an apprentice. And he'd like to be called Theo Green." <laughs> um, the yeah, master he of he apprentices. Thinks he right. uh, he the, thinks he goes all right with the apprentice, but uh, obviously <laughs> their ability, not not his. No, exactly. R- them,
0: but, exactly yeah. right. I feel for his uh, his beautiful daughter, Liv, she's in for a long, long time, being the daughter of. Yeah. What's your best? You'd think it would be cross-statement, yeah?
7: Yeah, I'd say cross-statement, Tim.
0: Well, out, of the, out of those two in the last, Forest War and Zephyr Queen, um, how do you separate them? Well,
7: she's... she's it does like the mud. She's a bit of a mudlark. Mm. Um, he'll probably, I think later in the day, it's come, probably going to be coming a little bit wider. Um, so I'd say you'd probably put him in front of her. But um, if they're they're going well on the fence and she leads by herself, she'll be hard to run down.
0: A quick scan of Sad Day. I think you've only got the one runner in. Stand corrected on that. OBH? Uh, yeah,
7: just OBH. She was unlucky the other day. Holly just had a, yeah, he was unlucky the other day. Drew the outside in which he's drawn again this week, was caught four deep all the way and only went down by half a length. If he has any luck and finds a front in the first couple hundred, I think he'll be should be winning Saturday.
0: Cross statement the best from the Taylor camp today and keep an eye on OBH on Saturday. Always appreciate the chats. Thanks for taking our call, Jim.
7: No it's
0: good team Good nice. on you. Jim Taylor Best in the business, fantastic And there's good banter If you listen to the boys Jim Taylor and Simon Miller Two best trainers uh, Two of the best trainers in our state Going a bit of public banter It is good humour And it's nice and colourful To see the racing industry With a sense of humour We'll take a break This is the
6: Sporting Girls 50 points Only the seventh player In the history of the finals To have a 50 point game Now Jeff with 9.5 remaining a miracle finish would have to
2: obviously happen for Finish to pull it out. And again, they're out of timeouts. That's why you've got to concentrate on the details. Booker turns, shoots, fires. Shot
6: won't go. Tucker the rebound. And that'll do it. It's over. The Bucks have done it. The long wait has ended after a half century. The Milwaukee Bucks are NBA champions once again.
0: 50 years, 105 to 98 in game six. Giannis Antetokounmpo, 50 points, 14 rebounds. He has had a stellar series. He went to the free throw line 19 times and shot at 89.5%. He shot 17 of 19 Pressure valve was off at home and they did it on the home floor and he is a bona fide star and everyone is piling in to congratulate him. Andrew Bogut, of course, former Milwaukee Buck, has also paid tribute to the people of Milwaukee. So there it is there, 105 to 98, they've won the series and gone on to uh, claim it in game six. Earlier today, we asked whether what was the sporting event that you would like to see, Georgie Parker, in her segment And Paul of Margaret River has texted in, 0487 736 736. He'd like to go to a test match at the Home of Cricket Lords. Thank you, Paul. Good point right there and then. Ange Postacoglu um, had a win, which is fantastic, and he spoke. Uh, Of course, he didn't have a win. He had a one-all draw in uh, one of his first hit-outs for Celtic, and he spoke uh, post-match. This is Ange Postacoglu, the new manager of Scottish Giants Celtic.
11: Ange is there a sense of frustration at the result this evening?
2: Yeah, uh, frustration but at the same time great pride in the way the players went about it I thought yeah you know, they put in a fantastic effort um, you know I thought we played well when it was 11 v 11 we had to then play with 10 men for a significant amount of time and you know still played decent football created chances so um yeah, frustration with the result but not the performance.
11: A couple of contentious moments uh, the sending off of
2: Near Beaton any complaints there? I think as I said it would already been booked so when you're already booked you've got to be really careful and uh, I did not have a great deal of it but obviously it gives the referee the opportunity if there's another
11: infringement to, to pull out another yellow card And young Stephen Welsh um, certainly pleaded innocence at the time it looked a clean tackle did the referee perhaps make the wrong decision?
2: Yeah, I mean look, I don't waste too much time on refereeing decisions to be honest. I'm I'm looking at performance of our team and, and I thought tonight on the way to chances, on the way we played, we deserved to get to get
11: the win we didn't and uh I guess the result is the frustrating bit. The fans bring their own enthusiasm but someone like Leah Labada you can see is bursting with that and he got on the score sheet tonight, so a huge yeah. bonus for him starting that one.
2: Yeah, it was a bright start by him, you know, he his movement was intelligent, he you know, he took his goal well, he was in the right area, whipped in a couple of good crosses i mean he's literally had you know two three sessions with us so it was a promising start and and you know he's
11: he's he's a very talented young player and one we're looking forward to working with and now it will be off to denmark obviously rule changes this year the the away goal not as significant as it perhaps was before so this one now wide open
2: yeah i think you know it's it's half time in a in a fixture and um yeah from our perspective we'll be better prepared for the second game no doubt i mean um People won't know the enormous effort the players put in today, considering the preparation we had. So, um, you know, having eight days now is uh, be good for us.
0: Ange Postecoglou from Celtic. We won't have time to get to Ashton Agar, but I can tell you if you do see it on social media, Ashton Agar presenting Wes with his cap. Australia one hundred thirty-three run winners against the Windies in game one of their fifty over series of course uh just the big news coming through australian question writer jamie Kermon suspended from competing at the games testing positive to cocaine a bit to play out in that one as well thanks for your company today don't forget we'll be on your radio tomorrow from 10 o'clock with sporting goss plenty to come on tomorrow's show just a reminder milwaukee bucks 105 beat the sun's 98 australia have taken out game one of the limited overs. Sam Mitchell has defended his role in taking over from Alistair Clarkson at Hawthorne. Thanks for your company for joining us again on your radio tomorrow from 10. Stay with SEN. Don't forget next week our Olympic Games coverage does commence. Australia losing game one of the softball against Japan 8-1. Until 10 o'clock tomorrow, stay safe and stay tuned to SEN.